Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Got Mental Health Podcast. I am your co-host, Rachel Cove. I am the owner of Transformational Solutions, a life coaching business that specializes in addiction, trauma, and self-destructive behaviors. I'm an author, podcast host, group facilitator, speaker, and co-creator of the online eight-week self-development course, The Visions Program. I'm your co-host, Arthur Mogilevsky, a business entrepreneur, dad, animal activist, and owner of AM Healthcare. California's leading dual diagnosis and mental health treatment centers, focusing on comprehensive and immersive treatment experiences with a network of facilities and dedicated professionals committed to providing each and every client the intimacy of care they so richly deserve. This is the Got Mental Health Podcast, a fun, open, and safe space where we talk to experts, thought leaders, and professionals in the mental health field. Our goal is to educate, inspire, and empower people to take care of their mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Join us weekly to hear Arthur talk like this as we talk all things mental health. Follow us wherever you go to get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review as it really supports our show. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, guys. And keep listening to Arthur. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Got Mental Health Podcast. I am your co-host, Rachel Cove, along with my... What are you? I think I'm a co-host. I think so, yes. if that's what you want to call yourself. Sure. This is Arthur. <laughs> it is just us today, which I am very excited about, because yes. we only did this once before. Well, once I interviewed you. We've done this a hundred times, <laughs> but it was never recorded. That's true. We would have so many episodes. Such great content. But hey, listen, that's what's inspired this podcast. Yes. Is the fact that we've sat down. We've had millions of conversations about absolutely nothing. And everything at the same time. And everything. And then we're like, we should do this as a podcast. Yeah. And here we go. Here we go. I want to talk about a video that you recently posted yes. on your Instagram, TikTok. And if you don't already, follow Arthur on TikTok. Spell your last name. Mogilevsky. It's M as in Mary. Yeah. <laughs> M-O-G-I-L-E-V as in Victor S is in Sam, K-I. You know, funny story. I had Spectrum call me one time, and they were like, can I speak to Mr. Arthur Moga Moga? And I just hung up on them. And I'm like, if you can't pronounce my last name properly, you don't deserve my business. Mm. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like I'm a hypocrite, though, if I were to be like, yeah, and support you in that ideology, because... Then also screw up my last name. I still screw up your last name. I'm but still we do, scared. We do, but we do it for shits and giggles. It's not like you're, per like... Well, maybe you're purposely. You're not, you know what I mean? Mogulaski. Right. Mogulaski. Mogulaski. Anyways, moving on from this. Moving on. So you posted something on your Instagram, TikTok, social media, which mm -hmm. for me, and I'm not just saying this because I'm your friend, annoying little sister. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm younger than you, correct? Mm -hmm. You have a way of articulating the audience to the audience that I think is very unique and original. One, because you're very <coughs> vulnerable and you're a man, which is unique. It's not very rare and common for men to be vulnerable, especially on camera. And I think for any men out there that think vulnerability is weakness, you need to go speak with a therapist. <laughs> uh, go to interactions. Or go to interactions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think this is something we have to change in our culture. Anyway, you spoke about the six core needs mm -hmm. of a human being. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that today mm -hmm. because it was really valuable and it was something I felt like I knew, but the way you broke it down, it was like, damn, <laughs> I never heard that before. It was so enlightening. Well, I do want to credit it to Tony Robbins. So obviously in my experience uh, in the uh, Unleash the Power from Within conference, you know, they have this whole thing where 
you have this journal and he goes through his speeches and then he tells you to write down. And it's actually beautifully put together because it makes you realize what you think you want or what you think you have. And then in reality, what is it that you truly desire, right? And, and because of how our lives are so convoluted with money and business and, and trying to achieve all these different things and the way that we were raised and the environments that we grew up in, it's like our core beliefs and needs are so tainted. And because of all of those things that we truly don't really know like what is it that we want in life, right? And what is it that we desire? Um, and so anyways, he eloquently broke it down and, and really um, got me to kind of look and reflect on myself and what I thought was important to me and what I felt that I needed, but in reality wasn't the case. Mm. So, Do you think wants and needs are the same thing or do you think they're different? No, I think they're different. I think want has less impact and desire. Like wants, like, you know, I want a coffee right now, right? Or yeah, I need a coffee, Right, and I stopped drinking coffee, so it's my 11th day. Like, I, I'm at a phase where I need a coffee, <laughs> right? Thanks. Thank you. I'm about to throw this ball in. You know, but so I, yeah, I do think there is a difference between want and need. No, so needs are, are definitely important. So I think it's important we define each of the six, right? Six core human needs. Go and, ahead. And yeah, let's we'll start with the first one, right? Uncertainty. Certainty. Certainty. Mm. What is certainty to you? It's a great question. And as you're saying that, I'm going to take out my phone so that we actually have a true definition, a true definition, Uh, because I love that you asked me what is certainty to you, because I think a lot of people don't even know what these things mean to them until they're asked that question. Like I have clients in group where I'll ask them just, you know, what is certainty to you? And they're like dumbfounded. And they like when you just asked me that right now, I have to like go, what is certainty to me? So if you I think certainty to me is something that's controllable, something that's real, something that's factual, something that I know is going to happen. Is it tangible, intangible? Does it matter? I think it's tangible. Tangible. Like I know that if I pick this cup up, I'm certain I'm going to have coffee in my mouth. Mm. Is there certainty be behind feeling happy or depressed, depending on the state that you're in? I think, is there certainty behind feeling happiness? I, I don't think there's certainty with emotions. I think there's certainty in how you get, there can be certainty in getting through them mm. if you've developed tolerance and trust with your emotions. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I, I think it... There's certainty, but it, it can it can waver and it can move right through different stages, right? Like I'm I'm certain that I'm happy right now. I'm certain that I'm unhappy right now, right? But that doesn't mean that 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 feeling or that emotion uh, stays constant, right? It can obviously change, but the feeling of being in that moment and what you're experiencing is certain. It is a reality. It is what's in front of you, right? Um, but I agree with you. Mo- I, for me, it's mostly also tangible things, right? So like I define certainty in like putting food on your table, right? Um, I need to be certain. It's important for me to have certainty in the fact that I can go and provide for my family a meal, right? Or a roof or shelter over their head or uh, income, stability financially, right? And so I feel like that, especially these days, if you would ask anybody, what are your six core human needs? Like choose one or two, 
I feel like most people would say certainty because they, they want assurances that they're going to get something, right? They well, want the comfortability of it. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is the unknown is the scariest place for a human being to exist. Right, so you're, you're, one of your core needs would not be uncertainty and variety, right? Or maybe it would be. Well, one of my values is adventure. I need a lot of adventure to feel satisfied. Okay, so that's interesting because adventure doesn't come with certainty. There's a lot of uncertainty within that. I think it's about learning what things in your life you need to control and have certainty with mm -hmm. and then let go of the rest. Right, and, and, it, and I, I want to preface this by stating that you don't, it's not like you only have to have two needs. Mm. You have all six. It's just which ones are the most important to you, right? Mm. Some people... They, it's not like they want everything to be certain. They want some spontaneity. They want some excitement. They want some thrill. That bleeds into uncertainty and variety, right? And so, that, which is the second core human need. But there are there are ones that are the most important to you for your survival, right? So, for me, certainty was one of those things. Like I needed to know that. I, I'm going to have all of these things. I needed to know that I'm going to have stability in my life. And I, I needed to know that that I can either provide for my family or that I'm going to be healthy and that I'm going to um, be successful, whatever. Like those decisions that I made were Im Im important for me that certainty was the key aspect of it. So I can go in many directions with this, which okay. is probably possible. Let's go. What is stability to you? Because it's different for everybody, mm. right? And while you're creating stability, you need the opposite to motivate you to create stability, right? So what are you unstable with, right? Like, does that make sense? It does. I mean, I, I think stability is super important because it, it gives the, the mind the ability to focus on other things, right? So it's like when I have a lot of instability, it's harder for me to focus and to achieve my goals because I'm trying to put out fires. I'm trying to figure things out. And, and again, it doesn't mean that it's not the case all the time, but there are certain things in life I need to be certain of, right? Like what? Can you give me some examples? Yeah, like, I mean, I need to be certain that my family ha is healthy and they're they're doing well, right? So I need to have that as a guarantee. And it's something that is not guaranteed and it's not something that's assured, but that's important to me. I need to know that there's stability in my income, at least a base layer. Like I need to know that I'm making a certain amount of money to be able to live the lifestyle that I'm, that I'm looking to live, right? And so that no matter what I do, that's important, for, that's, that's constant. I mean, I, I think those are the, you know, obviously two main things. There's a lot of things that spread from that, obviously. The food, adventure, this, all these things. Yeah, and I think you can be stable whether or not you have the lifestyle that you're working towards or not, right? So I think we have to classify like what is stable? Like am I mental, are my thoughts and my emotions and is my physical well-being in a positive state, right? right? Are they all working together cohesively? You know, when I was driving Uber, walking dogs, not living the lifestyle I wanted to live yet, there was still a huge part of me that was completely stable mentally and emotionally. Mm. So I don't think it's necessarily contingent upon what you're making financially, right? No, it's not. Everybody's different. I mean, yeah. there, there are people that might not be making a lot. And for them, stability is their marriage. It's yeah. their kids. It's uh, feeling free and enjoying life. It yeah. doesn't, money doesn't have a lot to do with the stability, which is, again, it's it's interesting because, and then again, this is not a knock on Tony Robbins or anything like that, but like one of the one of the benefits of going through that experience is you start realizing certain things in your life and something that you're looking for, right? Where 
one of the things that I realized in that moment was that money was not important to me, mm. which is interesting because that lasted for like a week or two and then like life starts hitting you and then the obscurity of what you've learned or gathered in that experience, which is could be the truth or could be a guided truth that you know they wanted you to realize in a sense. But for me, my one of the realizations that I had was that it wasn't that in a sense. It mm -hmm. was it was to be happy. It was to be joyful. It wasn't to feel pressured, and it was to have connection and love. Right. It's this. It's it's what money creates that you're actually right. Seeking. So it's, right. So it's not the actual money. So I, I do want to define that. It's not the actual money. Yeah. It's what you're able and capable of doing when you have that financial freedom. Yeah. I think too, you know, you were saying it's different for everybody. I think for those who are listening, you need to define what your needs are so that you can feel a level of satisfaction and fulfillment within yourself. Arthur's needs might be very different from my needs. And I think that's where it's important to be able to recognize your own individual uniquenesses and recognize how we're similar, but also being okay with you being different than other people. And it doesn't make one person better than the other, one's, one's needs better than the other. It, it really doesn't. But getting very clear on what your truth is so that you can start behaving and taking action from that place rather mm -hmm. than from a place that's that's a lie, you know, because I, I think when people don't live in their authentic truth and they're not living from their own sense of values, they're feeling unsatisfied, unfulfilled, purposeless. And that's what leads to depression. And that's what leads to getting to 40 or 50 years old, having a midlife crisis, not knowing who you are. Well, it, it, again, it's 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 identifying which are the needs that are the most, like you said, the most important to you, but like truly analyzing that, right? It's not like what the world is telling you that your needs need to be, right? So like the third core human need is significance, mm. right? And that is the one that, especially in this day and age, is so apparent and so out there. You need, you need some help there with gonna, that jacket. Gonna, I mean, you can, you can gonna, hang it up over there. I mean, you don't have, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to go over the needs, and you're just trying to figure out what's going on with this jacket. I need to get this fucking jacket off. throw it on the floor. I'll get it later. What's the need right now for you? I feel like I don't want to wear this furry, no, it's not real fur. Good. Jacket. It's approved. I want freedom in my body's movement right now. There you go. No, it's so the third core need is significance, right? And that and that's... It's a very, it's a tough one, right? Why? Well, because I'll tell you why. Okay. We live in a world in a day and age where social media, and I want to say it's not like this is all new and everybody needed to feel significant all of a sudden, right? People have always like, there's been a heightened status of like, I need to be this type of person. I need to go out of the house looking this way. And, and a lot, you know, people say, well, it's for myself, but it's for yourself so that other people can give you the, uh, the feeling of, of whatever it is that you're looking for, right? So it's, it's that need to constantly impress, have this image. And right now I feel like it's even more heightened with social media and, you know, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. You have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way. It leads to plastic surgery. It leads to insecurities about body image and diet issues and, Again, one of the two most important core needs that I had, which is again, going back to, it's not about identifying what your needs are, it's it's identifying what the needs that are best fit for who you truly are, right? And so it's, it's really, it's coming to a place where you know who you are in, re, in, in life. 
And so for me, significance was important because I always looked for everybody's approval. I always wanted, I always did everything to make people happy. Um, I grew up, I was raised in a household where we had to talk a certain way, we had to have certain manners, and we can speak only when spoken to in a sense. We didn't, could interrupt people. We could, you know, had to dress a certain way, whatever it is, right? And it was always in the, in geared towards pleasing others, right? And so, my entire life is growing up on like, I need to be significant for this other person, right? To value me in a certain way. And that, and that goes to the money aspect and, you know, getting all the things that you want. And, and so kind of towards the end of that, I, I've realized that significance wasn't important to me because it was important, but it wasn't as important because truly ultimately I had to tell myself that I am enough and I don't need other people's approval. And significance, it's an important need, but it's not one of my core needs. It's not one of my uh, deeper needs. Very interesting. Yeah. Because babies have to feel a sense of significance. Right. To survive. True. So we all have this sense of, I need to be important because if I don't have the attention of the caregiver, I will die. Right. So I do think it's innate. Um, I think a lot of what we were taught as children, eventually we become adults and we start questioning, well, where do I get my significance from? Where do I get my approval from? Have right. I spent my whole life trying to get it from other people? And how do I get it from myself? I think that's the daily goal is I don't have control whether people like me or not. I can spend all my energy trying to make you happy and think I do a really good job and then fail. And you might hate me and not like me and I'm not. Yeah. And so I think it's a balance for people out there of how do I make myself feel significant and, and important? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, I think the first step of that is is truly loving yourself, right? And Be awareness. And awareness of that, right? I mean, I think you're right. As a child, you have that, but that's your innate instinct. But then as you grow up, it becomes more convoluted with, the politics of the world and with what we truly believe is significant and not significant, right? And it, so it becomes a little bit more tainted. It, it's it's still a survival mechanism, right? Because you're you're still you're still gathering all this stuff for survival purposes, but it's not necessarily the same type of survival, right? When you're when you're born and you're coming out of your mother's womb, it's a survival instinct. Like you you need that connection because you you were in the womb for a certain long, for a certain period of time, and you were getting all of that, right? All the nutrients, the love, the everything that you were, the feeling, everything was there. And so you have that connection where you're like, I need that with my caregiver. As an adult, you don't have, you shouldn't have that. Like you don't need that to survive, right? Your, your, your body, your mind is already adapted to a place where it, it can live without those types of needs. Um, not, not entirely, but significantly. Um, so again, I, I think it's important to realize that if significance is important to you, that's fine. But make sure that you are okay with who you are first before you start trying to find it from somewhere else. I think that's a really great point. And I know that I need to feel important to myself before I need to feel important to you. My mind wants me to feel important from you, from other people. Mm -hmm. But in my core, I, I am with me the rest of my life. 
I am in a relationship with me for the rest of my life. So if I don't figure out a way to make myself feel good about me, mm. I'm gonna have a miserable relationship with myself. Yeah. So I have to make myself feel important. So one of the things that I do to make myself feel important is when I wake up, for example, I create time for the people that matter the most to me in my life. We were talking about that the other day, actually. Yeah. Smart. If my actions are proving to me how I feel about myself and I don't spend any quality time with just me and no interruptions, what does it say about how I feel about myself? Mm. It says I'm not important to me. Right. And so I, I'm very intentional with making sure that I find quality time with just me every single day. Is it the same amount of time every day? No. But as long as I have the intention and I focus my attention on me, I feel better about myself. I feel more confident. I feel more loved with me. I feel more whole. I feel more, my, my thoughts are more quiet. Um, I'm more focused. Um, I have more compassion for myself. And then what happens is that indirectly affects my relationships. When mm. I'm treating myself really well, my relationships are thriving. Right. When you're, when you're, when, when you love yourself and you're confident and you exude that confidence and that love and that you, and that belief in yourself that you're whole and there's there's no holes in you in a sense that can be pierced. Everybody around you starts feeling that. I I, I personally had that in my own journey where you know growing up I I again constantly feeling insecure and whether it be my body, my image, the way that I looked, things that I said. And it's until at a point where I got where I don't know what it was. I I, I think it was probably when my daughter was born or when I achieved some level of success in, in financially or in the business realm of things that I developed that sense of confidence and like, I don't give a shit <laughs> what people think about me and whether, I mean, I still do, but not to the point where I'm going to eat myself alive with that. And it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter how I affect someone else. I'm going to say the truth. I'm going to say it as it is. And whether they like it or don't, it doesn't matter, right? And so what happened was, interestingly enough, more and more people wanted to surround themselves around me. Mm -hmm. And more and more people actually wanted to be around because they felt that positive energy. They felt that confidence. And that's so important for people to have, right? I mean, because, again, in the end of the day, it's all about attracting positive energy. If you're looking for significance and you're looking at you can't expect to attract positive energy if you're giving out negative energy. And so positive reaches out and grabs positive, negative reaches out and grabs negative. And interestingly enough, like you'll actually start, you'll see even if you act as positive and there's negative people around you, your positivity will eventually turn that them who are negative into positives. Yeah, and, and I think there's balance with all of this, right? Like. I am not responsible for making anyone feel anything. No, absolutely not. And I'm not responsible for people's feelings. You're not people out there. You're not responsible for people's feelings. You're not responsible for taking care of anybody. If you're an adult and you're a parent, you're responsible for taking care of your kid. But that doesn't mean you're responsible for their emotions. You're responsible for helping regulate their body and brain so that they know how to take care of their own emotions. But having said that, when I'm very clear on my needs, I'm very clear on other people's needs. Mm. Relationships thrive when there is really, really good communication. I want to, I want to interject here for a second. Yes. What you said is so important. Which it was a significant. In any, <laughs> no, no, no. With, when it joke. comes to like, when it comes to business, when it comes to relationship, 
it can only be successful if you know that other person needs themselves, right? So it's like communication, and I, again, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're 100% correct. The success in the relationship only comes when you will not understand your needs and theirs. So, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I, 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 it's really valuable what you said, and I think it, it starts with knowing oneself. And I'm, I had this experience driving over to this podcast today, and I'm going to get emotional because... <laughs> because I'm Rachel. There was a homeless man uh, getting off the freeway and I, I just connected with him for a second. And I thought to myself, God, if I was standing there and no one looked at me and said hi and waved their hand at me, I would just feel like I don't matter. And I know I need to matter. I know that about myself. So I thought, and I'm not saying this like boost my ego and say I do this all the time because I don't, but I really took the time to wave at him and smile. And he, and he totally saw that and it made his moment just for that moment he felt significant and then I I chose to get a dollar and 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 give the dollar to him and I'm, I'm not saying I do that all the time I'm not saying that to go like oh Rachel's altruistic and selfless all the time but how can I contribute to helping other people feel a sense of significance too I know I'm not responsible for it but if my actions can help someone feel a sense of importance you know it's like fuck, this guy's standing on the corner after a huge rainstorm having to ask for money to go to just live on the corner. Mm. You know what I mean? And and it's like those moments where I have to think, oh, shit, like he is no different than me. He's no, he's not better than me. He's not less than me. He has the same amount of value that I have. And so in, in society, I think where chaos happens is when we start to treat each other like we're better or less than the other person. But to go back to what you said, it's, I have to understand that you have the same core needs that I have and we might, we might get it differently. Mm. Right. But it's like, how do I show up for myself and how do I show up for other people? So I, I, I think I know what one of your main core needs is and that, yes that's for sure yes. but also contribution i think every i, I really not, not everybody no but i do think i don't know i see we i think we disagree a little bit on this because which is fine it's not okay to disagree it is okay <laughs> <laughs> i feel that every human being in, on this planet in their soul, their soul feels this need to contribute to the stream of life. In some way, their life has to mean something to give something back to this world. I really do believe that we all have that. How you go about that, I have no idea. But do I have a need for contributing? Yes, but it's not one of my top needs. But maybe it is. I mean, looking back on it, I really, I love feeling like I'm helping people. I love What's, yeah, what space are you in? What space? Yeah, what, what the... I have like 10,000 spaces I'm okay, in. Okay, fine. But like, what, what's the main space? Mental health and Mental helping health. people. Yeah, okay. with my own personal experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think to a certain degree, contribution is innate within the world. Why? Right? Because it's, again, it's all about energy. I, I, I do want to, spe like, in my opinion, I think that it's, there's a differentiation between positive and negative contribution, right? <laughs> so there are a lot of people in this world that want to contribute, but in a negative way, right? Ew. I know. So gross. I know. Hate that. I, I Go take your shit somewhere else. Your shit stinks. We don't need to smell we, it. We don't need it. <laughs> Go smell it somewhere else. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, you, you bring up like children, of child abduction. Mm -hmm. You bring up drug dealers, financial launderers, right? Business, uh, business corrupt. I mean, the point being is that like, it's, <laughs> you took a shit today I did, and you're vegan. <laughs> uh, 
Thanks for specifying that. <laughs> no, I mean, but the point is that I think that there there's, there needs to be a clear definition that, yes, contribution is is innate within all of us, but there are certain people that are going to contribute positively and they're going to wake up every day and the, the, with that energy that they're going to give back to the world. Uh, it's a some way or another. And there are people that are going to wake up that want to give back to the world in a negative way and in a selfish way. I would analyze that okay. as this. If I don't care how I treat you, I don't care about myself because I have learned I don't have significance. So unconsciously, I'm going to treat people that way. So repeat that again. I don't know if I can. People say this to me all the time in groups. Like, can you repeat what you said? I'm like, bro, I'm so you in the moment. I don't know what have... I just said. Okay. So you said that if you, you don't feel like you have enough significance. Yeah. So that, so in, in, in turn, you want other people to feel like they do. It's not want. I think 95% of people's behavior is unconscious. So if I learned as a child that I'm not important and developed that belief system that I'm not important, that important, that's going to exist very deeply in my subconscious and my unconscious behaviors will create behaviors that reflect how I feel about myself. So if I don't feel I'm important, I don't care how I treat you. Yeah. That's my opinion. And there's many layers to that. I, I just, that is what I've noticed about myself. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously your actions, most of your actions are all subconscious, right? It's based off of your 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 core of, core of who you are and what you believe in, right? And everything you do is surrounded around that. So, yeah, I agree. Do you? Because you look like you don't agree. I, I do. You're pondering. No, I do. I, I, I Listen, if that's why self-work is so important, right? Because if you're... If you're in a bad state of mind or you're in a negative place in your life like and you're not working on yourself, the actions you can you're going to commit are going to be obviously, you know, apparent because of that, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And for those who are listening, I think to find out what is significant to you, look at your life right now and look at where you're putting most of your energy. That is what I found like when like connection is my number one value. Mm -hmm. When I have put energy towards my connections, my most important connections every single day, mm -hmm. I feel more satisfied. I feel more happy. I feel what are those connections like? Family, mm -hmm. my best friend, mm -hmm. uh, my son, God, my own higher power. I definitely uh, have a very strong relationship to. God. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that just people really, mm. I, I need people. Mm. I love people. So connection and love is a, is a, is a top need for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's my number one need. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And like, because I had no money in the bank. Mm. I've had like, if people, I, I remember I was 19 years old. I had no money for food. And I think people like assume like, Oh, well she has a, She's a famous dad. Like she can, you know, he'll always give her money. You do? <laughs> yes. And so uh, that's not the case. My dad raised me to like take care of myself and mm -hmm. to learn how to take care of myself. So not that he wouldn't help me if I needed it. But at 19, I had like literally no money to eat. Mm -hmm. But I like at that time I had such great friendships and I was having fun in it. And I was like creative. Like how do I figure out how to make a horrible chili soup or whatever that was left in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. But because I was with my friends and connecting, I was totally happy mm -hmm. and I wasn't at all miserable. It mm -hmm. was just, you know, I, as long as I have connections in my life, I'm thriving. So I want to go into 
because you talked about it uh, the other day. It's it's about identifying the right type of connections in yeah. your life, right? Surrounding yourself within your inner circle. Oh, yeah, we talked about this the other yes. day. <laughs> See, great podcast opportunity. Yeah, you can delete that thing about my dad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, go into why it's so important to surround yourself around good people or people that you need in your life. I don't like the word good or bad. Fine. Take that away. The <laughs> right kind of person for you. So you're asking why it's important to me? Why it's important to anybody. I, I agree with you. People need to feel known. Every human being has the need to feel known, to feel understood, and to feel seen. Right. So you were saying the other day, so you had people in your life mm -hmm. that throughout the times of your life, they were very important people. And mm -hmm. they still are. You still love them and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But you knew that they didn't have necessarily a place in your inner circle, mm -hmm. right? The, the inner, inner circle, mm -hmm. right? the core circle. Um, how hard was it for you to identify that and bring in the right type of people into that circle? Like, how important is that? There's a grieving process. It's, it's really important. It's not easy. And I think everybody goes through that. I think as we grow, there are relationships that change and transform and some people outgrow each other. It doesn't mean that you don't love one another. I just think that people change. I think recognizing what your needs are is of the utmost importance because then you can start giving people the opportunity to show up for those needs by communicating, hey, this is what I need when I'm in an argument. I need you to give me direct eye contact. I need you to not look at your phone. I need to feel like I'm emotionally and physically safe in the moment and when you raise your voice and when you yell I don't feel safe so I need to talk to you with a neutral tone like giving mm -hmm. them the opportunity to show up for that so the more that you give people the opportunity to understand you the more it gives them the power of choice to to show up for you and if they can't do that because they're not capable of that then that is up to you to have boundaries which I never had boundaries I didn't learn about boundaries growing up no one taught me about boundaries I'm learning that now in my adult life and so you have to take care of you you have to make that tough decision. And, and, and sometimes it means ending friendships, ending romantic relationships, ending family relationships. It's hard and it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And it does it move along your lifeline. Does it move? Right. So like different stages of your life. Yeah. Right. So like so at, at one stage of your life, that, that relationship was important and significant. And totally. then at a certain stage, it wasn't. Can it be again in a later stage in life? I think so. It's happened to me a million times. Yeah. I think people come and go. I think that's part of life. I think acknowledging that it hurts when the loss is there is important. Letting yourself cry, letting yourself miss them, letting yourself be angry at times, letting yourself let them go if it doesn't serve you in that moment. And then organically, if it moves if those relationships come back into your life and and it's and it serves both of you then fantastic. And if it doesn't, then that's okay too. So I think that's such an important piece, right? Because I don't think you can identify who's the right person for you in your life unless you know what's truly important to you. And it goes back to all of the other needs that you have is like, unless you truly know who you are and what you want in that moment, you don't know what to accept and to push away, right? Yeah. And so... It's like you said, like, I, I need to know that whoever is within my circle understands where I'm at in life right now. 
and is able to match me or, you know, even challenge me, but challenge me in a way where we're growing together and it makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, but you can't do that unless you truly know what you want. Exactly. Right? And so. I think communication is most important ingredient in all relationships. 100%. When there is not good communication, the the relationship will eventually not work. It doesn't yeah. matter what the relationship is. Right. Because without communication, people are always having expectations. They're just either saying it or they're not. And if you have open communication, then you, then each person knows what the expectations are, mm. right? Like mm -hmm. if you know from me that if, if, if you feel angry towards me, but you say whatever you need to say to me with a really loud voice, right? And you know that I shut down in my body or I feel scared or I feel right. uh, shut down, you know that about me, hopefully that will give you a direction to move in on how to approach Mm. that conversation with me. So you'll make that decision based off the awareness that you now know, okay, Rachel can't hear things if she's being yelled at or talked down to. Right, but it's also important for Rachel to, at least in the beginning of a relationship, to speak that it, out Yes, but, so that the partner understands yes, as well. Yes, and I wanna say this for a lot of people that are listening to this, when you have trauma, which everybody does, sure. one of the most common ways people respond to trauma is the freeze state. Right. People have a really hard time speaking up. Okay. Because they weren't taught that in childhood. Most okay. children were taught, don't say anything. I'm the authority. Don't disagree with me. Right. Right. So you're not really taught to speak up. Okay. So in a world where you're saying that communication is super important. Yes. How can someone in that state ever find a good connection or love? Vulnerability. So being okay with, you know what? I just got to let it go and say what's on my mind. I got, but it's how I say it. Right. If I come at you, it's guns, not what you say, it's how, it's you, how say you say it. it. And also know <clears> that <throat> everyone has a nervous system mm. that is designed to keep you alive. And it's, it's designed to keep you alive by keeping you safe and protected. Mm. So if at any moment your nervous system registers a threat, you're immediately going to have your protectors come out, your self-defense mechanisms, right? So you're either going to attack back, you're either going to run, you're going to flee, you're going to freeze in the moment, not say anything, or you're going to play dead and just literally keep your mouth shut, right? Mm -hmm. So know that. I know that, right? And so the way to speak up is, oh my God, I'm really scared to have this conversation with you right now because I'm scared you're going to leave. Mm. Because maybe growing up, I wasn't taught this. I wasn't taught how to have this conversation. I was taught that if I speak up my mind, I'm going to be left. I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be yelled at, whatever that is. So that's where I'm coming from. And this is the direction I want to move in with you. Here's the thing. It requires a lot more time. If it, On whose part? Both. Right. So... What does that tell you to the person who opens up with that vulnerability and starts the conversation just like you did? And they're met not with a positive response. So that so that question. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. And so I think that gives the person an answer right there and then. That is not the person you want within your circle. Exactly. But here's such a great question out there. I love this conversation. <laughs> if I'm vulnerable with you mm -hmm. and you shame me or you dismiss me or you invalidate me, I know from that moment on, I either set a boundary, I know what to do from that moving forward and how I take care of myself is a boundary, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I have to let you know, hey, when you talk to me like that, I feel shut down. Hey, when you when you speak to me like that, I feel scared. So don't just shut down, but actually express it. Express it. Right. 
And that's really hard for people. But what I teach people is communication and boundaries. That's how you protect yourself. A boundary is there to keep you safe. It's not there to keep the other person safe. It's there to keep you safe. So if you don't like how someone's treating you, there's nothing wrong with them. But how you respond to that, that's on you. Right. Right? Agreed. It's like Oprah says, when people show you who they are. Who's that? Oprah. Have you ever heard of her? Uh, Winfrey. Oh, Winfrey. Yeah. Yes. Believe them. When people show you who they are, believe them. Right. But you then have to take care of you and be able to walk away or be able to vulnerably communicate. Yeah. And it's really challenging. And it takes that's why this work is really important so that you can develop the skill to be able to know when those opportunities are arising, but also practice courage. You can't have courage without fear. So right. there's going to be in the beginning a lot of fear to do this. Yeah. It's taken me a lot of time and practice, and I'm still not perfect at it. Right. But I do give people the opportunity if they can't show up in that way. I love them so much, but I love me more. So, <laughs> like, but so I, I, you know, it's like, yeah. and it sucks because I love people so much. And I know I've hurt people too. And I've definitely been on the other side. Well, listen, we have in the United States alone over 400 million people. So, is it really? I, yeah, some crazy amount of them. People. Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was like 250 million. No, it's well over 300 million, 350. That's so really scary. The point is stop having th- sex, people. There's, there's, <laughs> no, well, see, that's in the whole other conversation. Oh, you're actually it's going right. Downhill, you're, actually. It's going downhill. Yeah. I so heard about baby that. Baby boomer, you know, yeah. population and not enough children being born. I love this piece of the conversation because connection and love is like everything in life. I mean, it's so complex and it's, I feel like it's at the core of everything, right? Because I mean, they all are. I feel like all the, it's so it's interesting when you dissect each of these needs, they're all intertwined, right? They are. But I feel like connection and love is like where it starts. Be- listen. It's where it it's starts. It's innate. We are one with our mothers. Yeah. We are we are literally in the womb attached. Right now. What? In the uh, I'm speaking to you from, from my mother's womb. womb. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that's how far like AI like? has gotten. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I what am does an, it smell like I am there? an avatar from the meta universe. Great, speaking great to movie, you. by the way. Oh my god, amazing movie. We should talk about that. Yeah. Um, but seriously, like I like to look at the roots and how we started. We started at one in the womb with our mother. We yeah. are wired for connection. Yeah. So we have to learn how to connect again. You know, that like that's the solution for addiction is connection. How do sociopaths get around then? Well, how do sociopaths even de- like s- become sociopaths? Well, if that's, that's what I'm saying. If there's one or two percent people that are actually born psychopaths or sociopaths, it's created by not enough attention and connection, not enough attunement. In the womb or post? This is my opinion. Take it or leave it. I think it's post-birth. I think it's a combination of nature and nurture. I think it's a combination of a parent who does not have the ability to attune to their child and connect presently in the moment. I think it starts in the womb. And it could, I think, for some people. I think, I think, and and my opinion behind it is, and, and obviously neither you or I is an expert in this field by any means of the measure. So this is obviously a very opinionated um, comment, but point being, it's how the mom takes care of herself during that process, right? The love that she gives herself, uh, nutrition, the, the exercise, the, the the energy and love that she's surrounded with in, in, in her or their partner. Um, I feel like it starts from there, right? Because if it, it, it 
the science behind birthing can't be as simple as like, oh, well, there's something in there and it doesn't feel anything aside from whatever you're, you know, it's just waiting to come out and it's just grow. I feel like it starts from day one. Like it already starts feeling everything, the way you treat yourself, the way you, the people you surround yourself around. That obviously, I don't think that would create the sociopath or the psychopath, but I feel like that's, that's already a start in a sense, right? And then that's why it's so important when the baby comes out of the womb, it goes automatically to the mom so that there's that connection, that, that there's that feeling of warmth and that they, they don't have that loss in a sense, right? Well, I think it's only fairly new where neuroscience has been able to concretely say, hey, your childhood affects you. Fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? It's, to me, it's like obvious. It's obvious, but for a lot, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met, especially clients, where the constant comment is, oh, well, that happened when I was seven. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, bro, you got oh, an yeah. amygdala and a body that forgets nothing. Nothing, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But most people in the, I'm telling you, most people in the world do not understand that your childhood affects your adult so life. Much. And you either face your childhood or your children will face it for you if you're a parent. What age do you think that that starts? What? where you start really remembering and, and your body starts keeping count? I think the moment you're born. The moment you're born. I think the womb. Yeah. Yeah, there's so great books. There's it. great, uh, The Body Keeps a Score. Yeah. That's a, one of the most incredible books. <clears throat> um, fuck, I forgot the name of it. Uh, the, the, the author who's, um, anyway, uh, The Body Keeps a Score is one of the most profound books in the last, I think it's the last five or 10 years on how the brain and body remembers everything. Mm. And that if we don't remember, there's a reason we don't remember it, right? And that's not always a big traumatic experience, but a lot of the times it is. And a lot of the times when children have trauma, they disconnect from the moment so that they don't have to feel the pain. Yeah. So again, it's not everybody, it's not, you know, and again, read that book because he'll be able to say it better than I did in that moment. But, you know, a lot, a lot, happens when people start to reconnect to their childhood and how mm. their childhood affected them and what beliefs were created yeah. from childhood. And I say this to people all the time. You have a system put in place. Your belief systems have a system. The system is the thoughts. The systems are the behaviors, the emotions, and your spiritual connection mm. in all of it. Yeah. There's a system there. So you have to investigate and understand how does that system work? You know what I hate? Tell me. When you complain or say things about your childhood and the things, the way that you were raised or the things that happened, and someone says, oh, stop it. You've had a, such a great childhood. Oh, what it's you, the worst. I'm like, how do you know what kind of childhood I it's had? It's the worst. <laughs> and it's how it's it perpetuates unconscious bullshit in, in this world. It's horrible. It's horrible. And, and it's like, I, I mean, like, I've personally felt like ashamed for admitting or saying certain things. Cause I was like, I mean, I, and I, again, I, I love my parents and they're, they were great parents and stuff like that, but they weren't given a handbook on how to parent. They weren't like the best and they did everything perfectly right. And, you know, and, and so there was a lot of things that I try to forget or, you know, um, try to move on from in a sense. And, but whenever I'd bring it up, like, what are you complaining about? You had everything. What are you talking about? And, like, and what does that even mean? I'm like, you had yeah, everything. I had everything. Like, are you talking money? Exactly. Like, freedom? There are billionaire kids out there that have everything and they hate their lives and they commit suicide or they end up in treatment or they end up in broken relationships left and right. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they had financial opportunity or they had more financial opportunity than someone else. 
That doesn't mean anything. Like I, Emotional attunement is more important than toys. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but people are just figuring that out now. We're coming from the silent generation, the booby, the booby. The booby bombers. <laughs> the booby bombers, the baby boomer generation, Generation X. We're like, we're just recovering from those generations. Now think about it. Tell me. Imagine. Imagine. If you summer. had the emotional attention. <laughs> yes. With the toys. I know. Mind blown. Uh, it's beyond you get mind everything. blown. You get everything. <laughs> right? But there's a lot of kids who don't get a yeah. lot of toys but have incredible connected incredible. present parents, right? Incredible. And a child's brain, the structure, the architecture of the brain is developed by the relationship and communication with the with the dominant caregivers in their lives. Yeah. So if your caregivers are helping shape your brain as a kid, right, the fundamental foundation of your brain being formed, how does that not affect your adult life? Yes. Right? To 100%. say it doesn't, if it, it, it's well, that's ignorance. ignorance. That's it's just it. ignorance. That. But people, in my opinion, they, they choose to stay ignorant. Of course. We're living in a time of information. You can go learn anything. But well, as my therapist says, yeah. this is what my therapist says, yeah. which... I have the best therapist on the planet. Yeah. Without awareness, you can't change anything. Mm. So be curious. I teach people that one of the most important things you can ever have, skills you can have, is curiosity and a desire to learn and be open-minded. Yeah, that's also very dangerous in the, in this day and age because you don't know which information is accurate. That's very true. So, you know, obviously be cautious with the things that you're ingesting and out there. But I agree with you. Uh, knowledge and education is everything to to power. So in oneself and life and everything. So I, I want to talk about the last uh, core need, which is growth. Oh, love that. I that's know. a need? It's a strong one. Ooh, do you feel like everyone has that? Uh, yes. Everybody has the need to grow in life. Do you think that's because survival of the fittest? Like if we don't, if we don't. I think competition has a lot to do with it. I think the environment that you're in has a lot to do with it. And, and again, defining growth. Growth doesn't necessarily mean financial, right? Growth can mean spiritual. Mm. Growth can mean family. It can mean, again, anything, mind, body, spirit. You, you can grow in multiple different facets. Um, yeah. You know, it's just it's always be constantly challenging yourself. Yeah. So do you think that in order to grow, you have to challenge yourself? Yes. How do you challenge yourself without... I don't think you have to challenge yourself. I think life will challenge you. And it's how you respond to it's that. It's how you respond to it. And also, though, I think make the decision to grow. Make the decision to challenge yourself. Mm. Every day, wake up and ask yourself, how can I grow today? How can I challenge myself today? I think the key component is not shaming yourself when you don't meet your expectations or when something happens and it didn't happen the way you wanted it to. Mm. I think that's the key. It's 100%. how you get up. It's not being afraid of making the wrong decision. Oh, I love that. You right. taught me that. Yeah. Ugh. I, it's, <laughs> it's so good. But it's true though, right? I mean, it's you find a lot of people that they're afraid of the wrong decision. Why? And failure. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. The fact that, uh, again, failure is a big thing. It's like, uh, I'm gonna put myself out there the one time and that one time I do it, it ends up backfiring. Why would I ever do it again? It's like the same thing as uh, somebody expressing their trauma, they get shut down and they don't know how to properly go back after it and they just shut down and go the other direction. Right. They'll never be vulnerable again. I think you're right. Yes, so you know, I think it's important to you know recognize that good or bad decisions, it doesn't make a difference. You just have to keep making decisions. And if we let go of this good or bad, right, and not label it, 
Or do you think that's important to have a good or bad? No, I think, I think again, my opinion, um, I think it's easy to say to not label something good or bad. I think it's all, it's, I think it's important to label something good or bad. The reason being is this, it's like putting your hand on fire. When you know it's bad, you're not going to do it again. I think there's certain things that are black and white and rigid, right? Right. So there's things that are going to be bad decisions. It's okay if they're bad decisions, but you should, the reason why you need to label them is so that you can learn from them. Right. But I don't think people always choose to learn from their mistakes. Well, so, okay. That, but that's. That's where the growth inhibitor comes into play, right? It's with a growth. You have you, to have a growth mindset. You can't grow unless you're willing to learn. Fine, I'll grow. I'll grow. learn. Grow. <laughs> grow, people. Here are some seeds and some water <laughs> and sprout. Sprout your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, growth is super, super important. I think it's one of the most important needs in life because it drives purpose in life. Yes. And it, it drives movement and constant development and direction and direction right if you're if you're not growing you're staying still right and Mm. and so you're dying yeah you are you are 100 percent. if a plant stops growing growing it dies yeah 100 percent. yeah so if you had to define or give yourself of the six and i'll repeat them two core needs that are most important to you which ones would they be Six are certainty, uncertainty and variety, significance, connection, love, growth, and contribution. Oh, well, that's easy. Connection and growth. That would be my, thank you for helping that's, me with that. That's, that is really exciting. But see how excited I am? I yeah. mean, I, I get excited very easily. But if I know that, right, then I'm going to put most of my energy towards behaviors that match growth and connection. There you go. And innately, I'm going to have a better day. I think we can use all these fancy terms to the cows come home, but at the end of the day, it's like, are you going to have a- Are you actually going to do it? Are, are you going to apply it? But are, like, are you feeling better? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. are you doing better than you were 10 minutes ago? Yeah. You want to hear something funny? No. Those are my two. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I started with certainty together. and significance. You thought it was those two? Yeah. That's interesting. I started with those two, and in, in two days, I changed my entire perspective. Wow. Yeah. And in changing your perspective, how has that affected your life? Well, again, it's hard because it's it's, it's a never-ending battle in a sense, right? Yeah. It's not like, okay, that's it. I defined it. I'm good. Like, my life is going to completely change now. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the fucking case. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get – you're like, I had the other day, I had just a really shitty day. And, yeah. like, for me, all I can think about is finances, Right. And like, I, again, I needed to remind myself like that. I don't, that's not important to me. Like that's just a means to an end. Right. But ultimately again, it's, I got into a better place because I came home and I was playing with my daughter and I was, had a, I'm watching a a show with my wife and we were hugging and it was like just an amazing, you know, moment together in peace. And again, the next morning I reminded myself that for me, it's connection and love that bring me happiness. And now I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do to grow? Damn. And I got up and I just started making phone calls. And riding bicycles. And riding bicycles and on running. mountains and running. I'm and so proud of you, though, because I feel you. like last year that was not something you were doing. No. It wasn't. So R- again, running? No, running was. I ran all of last year. Okay, no, but before that? The year before that. You were like, I hate running. The year before that. Oh, I hated running. Hate running. Hated running. Right. So you yes. challenge yourself. And I think 100%. that's why you're so successful. Exactly. And that's a part of growth, right? It's like the ability to, or the willingness, excuse me, 
two challenges. Like I'm not drinking coffee right now. Uh, I'm sorry. I think that's no. I, I honestly think that's growth because it is huge growth. That's growth. Not that I'm. I'm I will drink coffee again. Mm, but I like that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, but I think these challenges are important because then I know that I mentally can put myself in a position where it feels different and it's scary, but I can do it. Absolutely. And that's growing. It really is. It's not about the outcome. It's about who you're the becoming. Yeah. I, I had this phone call the other day. It was a really important phone call for my career. I was more proud of myself for who I was in the conversation than I was at the outcome of the conversation. Yeah. Because that to me was, it was a sign of all the growth. Mm. You're, I'm so happy. There this is go. so exciting. That growth well, is one of my needs. No wonder I'm always growing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this was fun. This was good. This is good. Yeah. No, no, no. This was outstanding. Go. Outstanding. Because you learned from Tony Robbins. That everything needs to be outstanding. Now say that in a more real, authentic way. If you want everything to be the best that it can be, it can't just be great. It can't be good. It can't be better. It has to be the most extreme of everything. And the perfect word to describe that is outstanding. Outstanding people. This is an outstanding episode of the Got Mental Health Show. Thanks for tuning in. Now, because we're practicing growth today, Arthur's going to take us out. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for taking the time to listen to the Got Mental Health podcast. Again, my name is Arthur with my co-host Rachel Cove. Uh, please rate, review anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, comments, share with us. We'd love to engage with our community and look forward to connecting on the next one. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>